Welcome back to the Council 36 podcast. I'm your host, Daisha. Um, It's been a long, long time since we've done a podcast. It's been, I want to say, a few months at this point. So I've missed you all. I've missed you all dearly. And I'm excited to be doing another episode. Um, So much has happened in the past few months, to say the least. Um, There was a recall that failed um and so many of you all were involved with making that happen and so of course we appreciate all of you all of the volunteers who knocked on doors who made phone calls uh to get out the vote and help us you know beat back that recall that was happening um another thing that's happening is you know our siblings over at UNAC UHCP you know they're an AFSCME affiliate and they are currently doing um an an authorization vote for a strike. Um, So they represent about 32,000 nurses in the healthcare field. And, um, you know, it's just been very just out of the park with Kaiser and then things just aren't going well over there. So we're sending our solidarity to them, our support for them. The Council 36 Executive Board signed a resolution in support of those members Um, So we're sending you all our solidarity and our love, and we are here with you every step of the way. Um, Another thing that's happening is our convention is coming up just a few days away from our 27th biennial convention. It's being held at Saboba Casino Resort, and we've been working diligently to put on hopefully an amazing convention for you all. The theme this year is celebrating our AFSCME 36 heroes, all of the work that you all have been doing in your communities and in your workplaces throughout this entire pandemic. Um, We want to highlight that. We want to honor you all. And we are so excited for this convention. And we cannot wait, cannot wait for you all to join us um, at Saboba. So that's just a few days away. And we cannot wait to see you guys there. Um, But... Today's episode is about Hispanic Heritage Month, Um, and, you know, we've done this for AAPI Month, we've done this for Black History Month. We love highlighting uh, these amazing, diverse communities and the work that they've been doing within the labor movement, and so, of course, the Hispanic and Latinx community is no different. Um, You know, their contributions to the labor movement have been just amazing and, you know, we want to say world-changing, right? Have had massive effects on the labor community and the world in general. So we want to be able to highlight that. And, you know, one thing that you'll hear throughout the interview is, you know, do research, look up people, learn more about these communities that we're talking about on these podcasts. And I do want to say, you know, of course you hear about, you know, the Cesar Chavez, the Dolores Huertas, but there's so much more information out there that is not taught in schools that you're not going to hear about on your local news. So you always want to take it upon yourself to learn as much as you can and to pass that information down to generations and generations to come. So if you if you need help finding more information, of course, you know, Google is always a a great place to start. 
But, you know, look up the sugar strike of 1903, you know, that happened in Oxnard, California. Look up the berry strike of 1933 that happened in El Monte, California. You know, many, many Mexican and Mexican-Americans participated in these strikes, led these strikes, and these strikes had huge, huge effects on the labor community and how our labor you know, works today. Um, so, of course, you always want to look up those sorts of strikes. Look up, you know, people like Emma Tanayuka, who led a strike um, in Texas, you know, and was so young when she did it. So, you know, you want to look up people like that. Look up people like Luisa Moreno. Learn about these people. Learn about these strikes, you know, and pass this information on to as many people as you possibly can because... It is important for us to remember these people and these strikes and everything that they've done, you know. So I just want to highlight that and say that happy Hispanic Heritage Month to everyone out there. I hope you guys learned something. Um, Now let's get on to the interview. Okay, joining me today um, is Jose Balderas. We are here to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, as many of you know, Hispanic Heritage Month is from September 15th to August 15th. And so here to talk to me about it is Jose. So first, can you start by introducing yourself? Um, hi, I'm Jose Balderas. Uh, I'm a member of the AFSCME Local 2076. Um, I'm part of the executive board there. And it's uh, my first foray into uh, labor relations. And it's pretty fun. So. Oh, that's good to hear. We always love having new leaders and, you know, (laughs) people get involved. So that's awesome. So let's start by, um, how about you talk a little bit about what National Hispanic Heritage Month means to you? Um, You know, I, it's interesting because as a kid, it wasn't really something that, I don't even know if it existed, to be honest, as a kid. Um, And I've grown up in SoCal my whole life. Uh, but it's 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 definitely great to see some acknowledgement, to see some some sort of um, respect, even though sometimes it can come up as a marketing term. Uh, but it's a uh, it's 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 good to to know that you know the efforts and just the the, the communities are acknowledged, um, uh, even though you live in them and you might not really notice how different it is. It's always great to expose new people to to where you're from and. The same way you want to be exposed to them. So whenever I, I hear about, you know, you know, Asian American month, you know, Hispanic heritage, you know, uh, Black History Month, they're all, they all serve a function that's to expose each other to something we don't really know much about. Yeah, I really, I enjoy, we did an episode for Asian American and Pacific Islander Month, and it was, you know, awesome hearing like the history of you know the Asian American community and the labor movement, and it's it's always great to hear new things and learn new things that you didn't know before. Um, so that you know is always amazing. That's why I love these like celebrations of different cultures and heritages. So that's awesome. Um, so can you talk a little bit about you know the Hispanic um, community's involvement with the labor movement um, and kind of history within the labor movement? Um. Yeah, you know, and the reason why I want to do this interview is because uh, I feel that uh, a lot of a lot of us uh, 
people who who live here in especially SoCal, you know, Hispanic or Latinx, um, we we don't know a lot about the labor movement besides what's generally taught in school, which is Cesar Chavez. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're lucky, you'll hear Dolores Huerta. And, and that was me for a very long time. So besides those key figures, you don't really know much about it. And then you, when talking to, you know, my parents and people, you know, who grew up in those times, you realize that there's, there's always been this like underlying um, um, feeling of like, of like political action of the labor movement within like the Hispanic community um, because so much industry here relies on the labor of that community. So, so, and because we're taught so generally and so high level um, in our school system, I didn't really know much going into, into my position here at AFSCME at my local, um, but, but I'm definitely been catching up a little bit on it and, and you realize how deep it is and, and how much, um, has happened in the background um, that has bettered our lives in some way, uh, in large part thanks to like the the Hispanic. Uh, oops, my phone just fell. The Hispanic uh, <laughs> labor movement. Um, so you know, I, I'm definitely those kids who didn't grow up with a lot of lessons about it, and and even you know going to college, it wasn't something that I really sought out because it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and now that I am part of it, I, I can't wait to delve deep more into the the key figures and, and everything it uh it's very exciting and it's 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 great to see that there is more to my cultural heritage beyond what i've lived in um and to know that it's such a big part of 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 the makeup of of our country is it makes me very proud to be part of that um but like i said beyond the key figures i i'm not well versed in it i'm learning as i go and the more i learn the more i keep falling in love with it so when when did you start to learn about it? Because I know you say you didn't really you grew up with, you know, Cesar Chavez, but when did you really start to learn about it? And how have you started to learn about it, right? What are like some resources that you've you used? Um, definitely, you know, the, the people at my local, you know, uh know more about it because they've they've, you know, the our president, our vice president, um, our our, our basically our, our executive board. Um, they've been living in this world, so they can definitely point out more more figures um, online. Uh, not not to plug, you know, AFSCME. I mean, it's an AFSCME podcast, of course. But um, <laughs> when I found out that you know AFSCME offers that free free college program uh, to go, you know, and then I saw that there is an option for uh, a degree, in, you know, in labor studies, and and that piqued my interest because. Now that I'm in it, I'm like, well, how far do I want to take this? If this is offered to me, then why not keep going? Um, so it's always been fun reading about it. Obviously, the main source is Wikipedia. I just, you know, go into a rabbit hole of one person, and the next thing I know, I'm reading about a strike from like 1950s. Um, and uh, what also uh, piqued my interest was that year, a few years ago, my my mom, I don't know why she just told me that. My grandfather was a part of the Bracero program years ago, years years ago, and how what he went through during that time, and and you know how his experience uh, in that program affected basically our whole family structure from that point onward. And so you see how something that happened generations ago still affects us today when it comes right. to labor. Um, so 
you know, even those sources of like family have just opened my eyes to how important uh, the labor movement is. And so what, what made you want to get involved with the labor movement and unions? Um, in, in a roundabout way, it was, it was my mother too. Um, so previous to this, I only worked in the, in the uh, private sector, but I also worked in industries that have unions, but I never really cared about it because it wasn't something that, that interested me. Um, and then when I joined the public sector, finally, I re- and I was exposed to, to unions in general, and, and I just learned more about it, I realized that this is something that my mom wanted to have when she was a worker. Uh, she, she worked in, you know, factories that just churned out workers, you know, if once your body broke down, you were useless to those factories. And to know that she worked in those situations where she risked her livelihood for better conditions, for, for speaking up, and she did it just because that's what she needed to do to, to feel, you know, that it was the right thing to do, uh, made me realize how brave she was to do that. And that she didn't have the privilege that I have, that is a, a unionized movement, you know, a labor movement. Um, so when I realized that she put herself on the line to do what's right, I thought, how can I not do that when I have the opportunity to? So that was that was really the reason why, because I kind of owe it to them, because they did, they did all they could, knowing full well the repercussions. So now that I can create positive impact, and feel a little bit of sense of safety because there is not just me, but a group of us, you know, standing, you know, in solidarity. It's just, it's, it's hard to deny working together as a group uh, for the betterment of everyone. So why, why not join the union? Right, yeah, I love, I love to hear that. I love to hear, you know, being inspired, especially by people that you know, and you know, seeing your mom struggle um, and work so hard to get something that you know she didn't really get to achieve, and then to see you do that, right? So for you to be a part of a union and have these protections that maybe she, you know, didn't have access to, uh, you know, you always love hearing those stories and knowing that we're progressing. You know, more unions out there. We're, you know, doing better. Our workplaces are being safer, and you know, it's it's great to hear. Um, yeah, and 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 sorry if, if I may add to that one of the one of the key points of why I joined was when I approached our president and I, I told her I had interest in joining. She said just just to you know warn you it can be very political, and and naturally you know I'm I can be very political and I thought well not only am I trying to better our work situation but as a whole climate in general I can I can you know add to to overall betterment of everyone, regardless, you know, if they work with me or not, and to have that political action baked into the labor movement, I, it just, it was very appealing. Um, I, I grew up loving punk rock, and that's, and that's very <laughs> anti-establishment, so <laughs> it, it's not, the, it's not the labor union is anti-establishment, but it's very, like, push back, like, push yep. back when it's worth it, and, and it's just, it just, it was made for me in a sense, so I couldn't, I couldn't not join. Yes. And I love yeah. I love green. I love the color green. So. <laughs> Me too. It's my favorite color. <laughs> I love it. So that's awesome. Um, so as you know, Hispanic Heritage Month comes to an end. How can we continue to honor 
um, the Hispanic and Latinx community, um, their involvement with the labor movement, and you know, make sure that moving forward, we continue to have these stories shared and we continue to honor you know, the community. The biggest way to, to honor and to keep caring is to just not forget. Um, it's, it, it happens so often that once, um, once you're so far removed from something, you start to forget it. And, and like anything else, you need to practice it. Whether you're playing a sport or an instrument, once you start practicing, you start to kind of like fall back on it. And, mm -hmm. and I've noticed it with people who I grew up with, people who are family and who have now been removed so far from where they came from that they start to forget why they're there. Uh, so you just, with, with things like Hispanic Heritage Month and all these different um, celebrations of different cultures, it, it helps to ground you to where you came from. Even if you didn't directly come there, even if your parents didn't come from there, at some point on the lineage, you came from there. So they help to ground you back to where it all started for you. And, and you can see like all the dominoes that had to fall to, for you to be here now. So that's the best way we can do, we can honor it is to just keep talking about it, not forget it, even though it gets, you know, generations, you know, apart, removed from us, it's still affecting us. And, and, you know, just because you didn't experience the hardships of, of someone who, who is like you generations ago, doesn't mean that they didn't do something for you. Um, and, and I always like to equate it with people who say things like, you know, oh, like, you know, I'm, I will, I'm first generation Mexican-American myself. Um, and I know people who are second, third generation Mexican-American and, and they don't have that same sense of attachment to the culture. And it could be for a variety of reasons, but to me, losing that attachment is, is a choice sometimes because you're choosing not to go back and reflect on who you are or where, who your family is or where you came from. Um, and it's completely possible to reattach yourself, but you just have to want to go back and, and accept the past for its flaws and its, its shortcomings and even its achievements. So we just have to keep revisiting the past, figure out what that roadmap says for the future and, and, and just keep connecting with the past so we can create the, a new path forward. Um, and, and for people that don't agree with me on that, on that view, I always tell them, as a country, we always go back to the constitution because that's the roadmap that, that we laid out back then. So same way culturally, when you have something that you're dealing with, look back at the roadmap of your history and see if the answer lies back there somewhere. Exactly. And I think a good tip for people, um, talk to your parents, talk to your grandparents, yeah. ask them questions. Um, because I don't know about, you know, other people, but for me, it's like, they don't just sit you down and really tell you those stories, unless mm -hmm. they think it's like super duper important. But the little things, like in order to continue the history and continue the education, you have to ask questions and, you know, get details and times and anything that you can and you continue those stories and pass them down and I would think that in a general sense I would hope that you know in schools you would be able to learn more about you know the Hispanic and Latinx community the history of the community um, so that not just the Hispanic and Latinx community know these stories but everybody in general know these stories and the importance of them so you know hopefully we can yeah. get there someday <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and, and that's you, you just 
summarized it perfectly, ask questions to the people who, who know something. So many times we don't want to, you know, deep dive with our parents or grandparents or anyone just because we don't want to like talk about, you know, old things. We want to talk about what's happening now. Right. But like, like when I mentioned that my mom mentioned that my grandfather was part of the Bracero program back like in the 40s or 50s. And she has documents showing where he was. And it's like, oh, he was he was on a potato farm in Idaho. It's like, now I want to go to that farm and visit it, to see right. if it's still there, right? So it's like, there's so many connections to our past. We just have to look for them. And, and, and the more we find out about who we are, where we came from, the more like we can understand ourselves going forward. And that's, that's, that's to me the reason why I joined labor because the past will always, you know, dictate how we should move forward with the future. Yes. Yes, thank you. And and and, um, and, 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 be, and I know we're going to wrap this up soon. Daisha, sorry, but because it is Hispanic Heritage Month, what is your favorite Hispanic dish? Oh, my favorite Hispanic dish? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, it's a hard question because there's so, so many. You know what? I'll say I'll go with empanadas. Um, that's one of my favorites. Pupusas is another one. Oh, uh, love, love pupusas. Yes, but I've been I've been keto for a while, so it's so okay. hard. Yes, I'm like I can't I can't eat them as much as I want to anymore. But yeah, those are my what what are some of your favorite dishes? Um, I, I my favorite dish, my mom's mole. I don't know if you ever had mole, mm -hmm. um, but I, I love mole. Um, I love pupusas. Um, you know, def, definitely tamales. That's just a staple that run the house. Oh, yeah. um, yes. contra, controversially, I love menudo more than pozole. That can start a fight. <laughs> but, but, but that's just me but yeah it's, it's always it's always great to talk food especially one of the things that that connects us culturally across all cultures is food so mm -hmm. I think whenever different people get together once food comes into the question we're all best friends yes yes <laughs> I love it, love it. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me um I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me um I enjoyed our conversation and I hope everybody learned something um you know, was inspired to learn more things. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Daisha. No problem. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys learned something. I hope you guys were inspired. Thank you to Jose once again for coming on and talking to me about Hispanic Heritage Month. I hopefully it won't be too much longer before the next episode. But until then, I hope you guys are safe out there and are enjoying yourselves and having fun. See you guys next time.